From Ticker Tape, this is Where's My Money. What does a world after this pandemic look like? It's been such a big part of our lives for the past two years. It's getting really tough to imagine what things will look like when the world settles down a little bit. Will people change the way they spend money? What industries will be disrupted and what industries will flourish in a post-pandemic world? As investors, these are crucial questions for us to answer. And in this episode, you will hear answers to those very questions from our expert guest, Dick Modi. Dick is the founder of Ethical Advisors, which offers financial advisory services to high net worth individuals, trusts, and family offices across the globe. We started by speaking about a concept called revenge spending, which is the foundational principle behind which industries Dick feels will boom in a post-COVID world. Oh, and just as a disclaimer, the views that you hear in this podcast aren't of ticker tapes. These are the sole views of ethical advisors. All right, here's Dick speaking about the very novel idea of revenge spending. Have we ever pulled a rubber band and contracted it in your life? That's what got me thinking uh, about six months ago. We were playing with a rubber band with a small kid and he pulled it and he left it and he got hurt. And then he pulled it again out of frustration. He pulled it even harder. Investing is all about getting the psychology right. So when I when I saw the rubber band game being played, I realized, and you know, at that time we were in the midst of a complete depression. You know, early part of the year, the COVID cases globally were going up. While uh, there was some bit of recovery last year into December, Jan, we also saw the wave to come and you know take its toll. It's the midst of this that this simple child game got me thinking. What I realized is, after reading the news flow, is that because of lockdowns, there were lots of restrictions on movement, etc. And clearly, people, ordinary people were not able to enjoy normal lifestyles while they were getting vaccinated. In effect, it was the rubber band which was getting stretched. It was getting stretched to its extent that people had money. People were earning, but they were frustrated. They couldn't go to malls. They couldn't step out for a movie. They couldn't go to the beach. That meant clearly when you read the uh, morose news, economic news, it meant that the consumer was not spending. He was not spending because he was not stepping out. So clearly as the vaccination uh, story improved, you know, the lockdown slowly started disappearing. So what we thought is this cannot go on forever. The rubber band cannot be stretched forever. At some stage, it has to give. This theory is built off the premise of basic psychology. Have you been craving a vacation that you haven't been able to take because of COVID? If so, there are probably several others with the exact same feeling. With that, it's reasonable to assume that when things open back up, people will binge a little bit more than usual on travel. And that will cause a short-term spike in revenues and profits for companies alongside of it. Dick's theory that the industries that will really bounce back are leisure, travel, and entertainment. When, when airlines actually stop flying internally and externally, when a large airline like British Airways, which has 21 flights a week into Mumbai, going into London, 21 flights per week, three flights a day. Today, they're down to five. In the COVID, in the, in the harshest time, they were down to two flights a week. You can imagine the cascading effect on the airline 
they lay off their employees, nobody is spending, the cash flow gets jammed and you can imagine hotels are empty. Remember, leisure, travel, entertainment, they are all fixed cost businesses. You have to set up a nice jazzy hotel. You have to spruce it up. You have to make sure that the decor is good. You have to pay good salaries to your staff. And imagine not a single rupee of revenue is being generated. That's your, that's the kind of uh, cash crunch that these guys go to. But when things normalize, they immediately start benefiting. When travel slows down, there are numerous businesses that slow down alongside of it. So just to paint a picture for you, if you were to visit a new city, you'd likely stay at a hotel. You'd likely eat at a bunch of local restaurants, possibly get a tour of the area and buy an international phone plan. And all of this would be paid through the swipes of your brand new international credit card. So all of that revenue to so many different businesses completely stops when travel slows down. Leisure, travel, entertainment, in a way, live of each other. So when you look at leisure or travel or entertainment in, in either exclusion, it is not right. And hence, the corollary of this is when they fall, they all fall together. But when they rise, they all rise together because one is feeding into the other. For example, last Saturday is the first time that I attended a convention in a five-star hotel hosted by a leading insurance company. In 19 months, this was the first convention I attended. Imagine if, if things had been normal, this probably would have been my seventh or eighth convention. So my point is, when things go back to normal, when the rubber band comes back to its normal normality, and there are seven or eight conventions, imagine the kind of business which is generated by the hotel, by the beverage companies, by the catering companies, and so on and so forth. Maybe we also had, uh, you know, uh, Indian classical dance performance there. So it will help the event management company. Leisure, travel, and entertainment. They all fall together, but also rise together. That's a fair assumption. But the real question is, when will they rise? With COVID being so uncertain, how on earth do we predict when travel will open back up and these industries will start to boom again? What, in essence, what the question I would say is, when do I get the right entry point? I don't want to wait too long. I don't want to wait for five years. And also, I don't want to, you know, be the last sucker on the street. So what it, in essence, you're talking of is, when do I time my entry into this kind of a theme? Well, answer is the same as I would give any large uh, multi-billion dollar pension fund looking to invest in India or to an individual like you and me. See, when you're looking at investing, there is, there is nothing like the right time. It depends on your horizon, A. So if you're a long-term investor and if you want to buy blue chips and you want to just lock them forever, it doesn't matter whether you're buying Hindustan Lever at 2400 or you're buying it at 2100, right? Because in the end of it, if it's going to 10,000, it really doesn't matter. When we're looking at thematic investing, uh, you know, this pack or leisure, travel, these themes are themes. Now, what is a theme? Theme is like a fashion. Tomorrow, your jeans may be narrow-bottomed Six months later, it could be bell-bottomed. So a theme has to move in line with the, the current trends. In, in our case, in that context, a theme has to be relevant till it becomes irrelevant, which means that it has a short lifespan. It is like a pack with an expiry date on it. A theme can never be buy this and forget it. No, not for thematic. For other portfolios, we will, but not for these kind of packs. You cannot put 
all your savings into a theme, whether it is a PSU bank theme or whether it is a, uh, you know, travel rebound, consumer spending theme or whatever. But what themes can do for you is a small amount of capital with a finite time frame in mind, let's say one year, one and a half year. If it plays out within that time, you are taking a calculated risk with a diversified portfolio around 2025 stocks and it can work beautifully on the upside and can also protect your downside. I'll give you a classic example. In this pack, one of our favorite stocks is IRCTC. Now, IRCTC has doubled since we put it in the pack. So it has made a lot of money, right? But its weightage in the pack is only 4%. So while we've enjoyed the upside, if you've been reading about the mishap that the stock has been going through the last three, four days or this week, it is down around 30%. IRCTC is down 30%, but my pack is not moved at all on the downside. So that's the beauty. In a theme, it has to have a validity date. It has to expire at some stage where we will take the call. But there you allocate part of your portfolio and not into one stock, but into a basket. And that's the way you play the thing. Let's pause here and summarize. We are categorizing the bounce back of leisure, travel, and the entertainment industries as a theme. The factors that characterize a theme are, they are based on expected trends in the market. They are assumptions on the way that the market will react given those trends. And finally, they have an expiry date on their validity as an investment vehicle. This is usually around 18 months. So around the 18th month, it is expected that all of the expected returns from this hypothesis would have been gained to investors. So unlike blue chip stocks that you buy and hold for years on end, these are more focused on shorter term investments. And given the fact that these are based on assumptions, themes are high risk, but also high reward. So according to Dick, allocate a small portion of your investment portfolio into themes. Certainly not everything. So the question becomes, how much of your portfolio should you allocate to a theme like this? So uh, I'll take you 35,000 feet higher now. I'll take you on an aircraft ride. Financial planning is what we, are, we do as a firm. When we do financial planning, we understand each person or each family's uh, income, liabilities, expenses, and most importantly, their goals. Once we do that, once we see the risk tolerance of that person, we then decide an asset allocation. So the starting point is asset allocation. How much equity, how much debt should you end up owning? How long would you like to hold? That's the first part. Once you have done the asset allocation, we also take a look at stuff like which instruments fit your individual needs or goals. And after that, let's say equity is clearly one of them because that's your growth asset. And within equities, how much should you then put in themes? So let's say uh, you have a net worth of 1000, your risk tolerance is moderate, you want around 600 as debt, 400 as equity. From that 400, we would advocate keep 300 in good quality long term core stocks. That's your 300 rupees core. The 100 rupees, which is your uh, non-core, instead of punting in single stocks, I bought Thomas Cook today, I shot at BHEL yesterday. Instead of that, you intelligently trade or rather invest in themes. Now, the duration of the long-term portfolio could be really long-term. It could be three, five, seven years because that's only the way the wealth creation can happen. That's the only way you can actually beat market cycles because markets won't won't behave sometimes, they may misbehave. So that's, you've taken a long-term call, you don't need the money, there it goes, 
the hundred rupees is where you have to be nimble. You may have to divide that hundred also into five themes, not just one uh, revenge travel theme. That's the way the top down and the bottom down the plans are to be made. So roughly, according to Dick, around 75% of your equity portfolio should be in long-term investments, while 25% can be allocated to themes just like this one. But not just one theme. You should pick a few to truly prevent your downside risk. Now, before we wrap up by speaking about the ways that Dick is diversifying his portfolio in this theme, it's important to cover why it may not be such a great idea to invest in individual stocks within this space, and also why an ETF may not necessarily be a great idea here either. I like to give examples because I learn from examples yeah. myself. Have you seen the Johnny Walker ad, which uh, you know I've been seeing since I was a child? It says, drink responsibly. That's the tagline. It doesn't say, don't drink because you'll die, your liver will fail. It says, drink responsibly. When you drink uh, drink uh, responsibly, you enjoy the drink and at the same time, you never go to the hospital. Same thing. So this brings us to the point of diversification. How much you do diversify? A single stock is super, super concentrated. That stock goes up 100%, you make money. The stock falls 80%, you lost 80% of your net worth. A mutual fund or, or a diversified fund or an ETF has 50 or 100 stocks, depending on which, which uh, uh, ETF it is. That's over diversification. Whereas if you look at an intelligently created basket, it sits in between. So you're not too risky. You've not just bought one stock, but you're not over diversified also. An individual stock, especially in a volatile theme, is way too big of a risk. So as promised, let's wrap up by touching on how Dick is creating and diversifying his investment within the leisure, travel, and entertainment theme. So the first and the most obvious is uh, uh, we have the alcoholic beverages uh, segment, you'll be surprised there are more than 10 to 15 stocks which are listed there. We picked out two or three of the leading ones. We have specialized finance, financial institutions which cater only to tourism finance. We have identified those. There are several retail apparel and brand uh, companies listed, all from respectable groups like Tata's, Birla's, etc. We have identified two of them. You'll be surprised there is a specialized software company whose more than 85-90% of revenue comes only from travel segment. We've included that in the pack. If you look at hardcore product companies, there are companies which have, you know the brands, right? You know Raymond's, you know Arvind, you know all of these guys. We have included them in the pack. We've got luggage companies, companies which cater, obviously they benefit from a, spend, a travel rebound. We have included them. We also have a casino stock here. We have two or three leading hotel stocks. We have the two best airlines uh, stocks we have in this bank. We obviously, as you know, theaters are listed. Multiplexes, we've, we've included them there. Uh, there are restaurant companies, like I said, who have listed five, six years ago. We have included two of them. So when you look at this broad mix, there are about 25 names out there. Collectively, they benefit. And in case there was some mishap on sub-segment of consumer spending, let's say malls were shut for a month, it will not matter to the others, right? If, the, if, if a travel to the US or to Australia is cut off, it won't matter to local consumption. So this pack is so intelligently created that it, within the pack itself, the companies are very, very uh, robust. But at the same time, they're so diverse. It's like a mini India. 
you know floods in kerala doesn't mean the entire indian economy drowns so just to recap leisure travel and entertainment all fall into a theme that dick is calling revenge spending the hypothesis is that because consumers have been held back for so long from spending that when the world opens up the rubber band will pop and people will spend a lot more than usual this would lead to short term improvements in the performance of companies within the LTE space and if you're at all interested in learning more about this investment theme that dick has built you can check out the small case that he's built the link will be in the show notes below We hope you enjoyed this episode of Where's My Money by Ticker Tape. On this show we simplify the finance landscape in India for you. So if you're looking to venture into stock investing, sort out your personal finance or make sense of how economic developments can impact your money, this podcast will be a perfect addition to your morning commute or household chores. Also, if you enjoyed the episode and want more of this, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform to never miss an episode. And last but not least, consider downloading the Ticker Tape app. It is an investment analysis platform for stocks, mutual funds, ETFs and much more. The link and further description will be in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we will see you in the next one.